Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Lock and Key Unlocked, a podcast about Lock and Key on Netflix, Lock and Key the comic books, and Lock and Key, a sandwich that I ate earlier that is unrelated to Lock and Key. I'm Alex. <laughs> I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Lock and Key, Family Tree, Tee Lock and Key, Family Tree, Lock and Key, Family Tree, hey, hey. Yeah, love it. That's my favorite tune. This is written by Andre Fisher Centeno and directed by Mark. I will say Mark- I, he didn't write that song that you, I just sang. That was an original. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm getting there. Written by Andre Fisher Centeno, directed by Mark Tondere Hodges, original music by Justin Tyler. Then now we're talking. You didn't let there me get we to go. that point. Mm-hmm. I, I was getting there. Uh, so, yeah, we are at the halfway point with Lock and Key. Things are really heating up here in old Matheson, Massachusetts. So, quick little bit of recap of what's gone on so far. The Lock family has moved to Matheson. They have discovered magical keys in the house. There is a strange lady who lives in a well. Very briefly, she's now out of a well. Uh, I don't know if she lived. Like, I don't know if that's what she would claim her primary residence as. Sure. Well, where has she checked her voter restri- registration? I might have missed that yeah. on the but show. Also, in this episode, they refer to her as well, lady. So I right. think it's legit. I don't yeah. know, man. I saw you fall down into a bunch of garbage the other day, Pete, and I wouldn't call you garbage, dude. I would call him garbage dude. (laughs) Yeah. I would call me garbage dude for separate reasons. Yeah. All right. Very interesting. Because I love eating garbage plates. Yay. yay. (laughs) Please don't define that in any way. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, lady wants the keys. As we found out in the last episode, she can only get the keys if they are given to her. That was a little bit of information discovered by Bodhi. Uh, Other thing that's going on, Bodhi is the youngest kid. Kinsey is the middle kid. She's taken the fear out of her head and has kind of become a jerk because of it a little bit, has clashed. A little right worst. Yeah, has clashed with her brother Tyler. He is the eldest lock child. He is romancing a girl in town named Jackie. Uh, Kinsey, meanwhile, is romancing a guy named Scott, who is an amateur horror director working with the Savini squad, his uh, film squad, to make a film called The Splattering, which they filmed with Kinsey. It's not that great a film. Don't worry about it too much. Oh, oh come on, Al, man. Come on, Alex. We only seen the opening. Come on. He he just needs to plus it up a little bit. That's all. Like well, what You're is seeing an early cut, Alex. It's going yeah. to get some notes from the studio and really yeah, look, get that thing humming. Yeah, don't judge it until I, I got to tell you, there was a note session in this episode. And at no point, they nobody asked, how is this going to play in China? And I feel like that was a missed opportunity. Yeah. That's and I market. will say, the trailer is actually longer than the film. So that's a mistake as well. <laughs> well, speaking of the trailer, that we finally got to see something that was freaking me out from the trailer. 
the old glowing jars. So I was happy we kind of got that in this. Yeah. Sure, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, the uh, and that actually ties nicely into the adults that we need to talk about. Nina Locke is the mother of the Locke family. She has been investigating what went on with the murder of her husband, Rendell Locke. That's part of the reason that she has come back to Matheson, Massachusetts, where he grew up. She has discovered that strange things went on with his childhood friends. She doesn't know the extent of it yet, but at the center of it is the one remaining member of the child friends, as at least as far as Nina knows, uh, who is Ellie Whedon, who is the mother of Rufus Whedon, who helps out around the house and is friends with Bodie. Uh, there is also Joe Ridgway, who is the dean of the 11th grade over at Matheson Academy, and he has been very helpful to both Tyler and also to Nina. They have struck up a friendship as well. And the last adult you need to know about is Duncan Locke, who doesn't live in Matheson, He has been maintaining the house for many years, and he seems to have weird gaps in his memory, which we find Mm. out quite a bit about this episode. More things, of course, but I think we can uh, jump into it. Yes, I think we can. Uh, So it starts off with a creepy night in the old key house. All nights are creepy there. I just want to say real quick, I really have been, as the show's progressing, it's so good. I love the new mysteries that they've added for this series. At the halfway point, I think we could take stock for a sec and compare it to the comics that we uh, loved. Yeah, I think that what's nice is it's clearly veering away from the comic in a way that is kind of like still true to what's happening but making different choices. It's interesting that you like that, Pete, because you are a big believer in like direct translation. Uh, yeah, I was, but it's nice to see if we're going to get in a different format, you know, um, as much as I would like to see it page per page, that would be really fantastic. Um, the fact that they're doing different things in a way that is, uh, you know, keeps it fresh and uh, kind of stays true to the characters. I think it's cool. Famously, your translation of the Odyssey was uh, much shorter. It was just dudes on a boat fucking around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I encapsulated everything with that review. True. Yes, it was, definitely <laughs> encapsulated. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's jump into it. Uh, we established the primary character of the show and everybody's favorite bay, the house, uh, and through some <laughs> shots of going through the house. It eventually reveals Tyler in shadow. He's getting a late night cup of water when she starts to hear some whispering, yes. which means a key is afoot. Uh, now, do you think the he keys, can hear the keys? Why do you think the keys start with? What makes them whisper? Are they like, oh, look at that dude's here, Tyler? He's hey, cute. Hey, dude. Hey, what's he doing? Let's. Hey, hey, Tyler. Uh, I know. Uh, I, I know you're joking, but I do think that is a good question and something that feels like because it is new to the series, will have to be answered at some point. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Um. I also, it's weird to me, if I was Tyler's age and I heard something whispering, I would just move. I wouldn't. You'd move out of your house? Yeah. I would just be like, hey, guys, see you later. Something's whispering. I don't want to live here anymore. Peace. Why why would you think that, Pete? Don't you do that creepy shit. Why would you think that? No. Why would you be so scared of whispering like that? Don't make me leave this podcast. I'm getting some major ASMR from your whispering (laughs) nods. Do you want me to chew some things real quick? Is that what they do? Really, lick your lips. We should do this whole podcast as an ASMR. Uh, I I do not get that at all. 
Well, anyway, let's continue with the podcast. Hey, now. stop. Okay, Pete, all right. Come, come hanging out in this well I'm in. Come on up to my well. <laughs> I'm a whispering well. So, yeah, uh, but as we theorized, as we talked about a little bit of the last episode, Bodie had only a, been able to hear the keys up until this point. Now, Kinsey and Tyler seem to be enough in this mystery, having countered enough that they can hear the whispering as well. Uh, they find a key in a piano. It's the music box key. It's not very well hidden. Let's be honest. Yes, the keys do whisper, but they don't need to whisper very hard because they would be just casually discovered, I think, if they were yeah. just hanging out. If someone tried to clean that piano one time, they would find it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's just kind of lying there. Uh, Bodhi is very excited. He remembers the music box it goes to. Also, important note here, they haven't seen the well lady in two weeks, yes. giving us a little they bit think of they've actually they, they think they've beaten her with the idea right. that they have to give her the keys. So they're like, oh, we don't have to worry but about it. By the end of the episode, we kind of know what she's been up to. Yes. I mean, that's not too much of a surprise. It's kind of dumb to think that they were like, you can't have those keys. And she was like, well... Give it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one quick theory. I do think uh, the keys, and maybe they answer this later in the season, and I'll again uh, appear like a fool, uh, but I, the keys whisper, here's my theory, they whisper when um, someone can uh, take advantage of them, or like the keys are maybe don't have the best intentions, so they're uh, going to cause chaos. Mm. Yeah, but I think like maybe they're just whispering all the time, and... People, you know, when they walk by it, that can hear it, do hear it. I don't know. You just got to listen. Uh, what? <laughs> Open up your heart and listen. Uh, I really, I honestly, I have no idea what's your voice you're even doing. <laughs> yeah. Are you Kermit the Frog right now? Uh, no, it's, uh, what's his name from It's a Wonderful Life? It's not in your house. It's in your house. In your house. That sounds what? more like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> it, <laughs> George, than George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life. Jimmy Stewart is who you Jimmy doing? Stewart. That's who I was thinking. Of. I thought yes. maybe you had wow. plugged in the bad impression key to your uh, mouth or something. Oh, yeah. Ooh, man. Got oh, him. Oh, vista, baby. Someone's using the match key over there. Sick burn. Is that Jimmy Stewart again? Yeah, that was also Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> what a, you're the Frank Caliendo of this podcast. Yes. Uh, so uh, they discover the music box key. Uh, Bodie, uh, at this point, Tyler decides to split up the keys. Uh, so Kinsey gets the music box key. Bodie has the ghost and mirror keys. And Tyler has the head key. Kinsey lashes out at Tyler and says, shut your mouth. At which point he shuts his mouth. She's having a lot of fun with it. Makes him slap himself in the face. Uh, and they figure out that only Kinsey can use it because she is the one that unlocked it, which, of course, becomes important later on. Yes, this was all uh, I loved how this happened very quickly and uh, sort of by accident. And the line, um, these aren't toys, they're weapons. Also, it's it's very interesting to see how like the dynamic of the brother and sister, you know, like. If that was two brothers, they would just be beating. Like, if you couldn't open up your mouth when you could open up your mouth, it would just be like, I think it would just be a constant fight. So it's nice to see, like, because it's brother and sister, they are fighting, but it's in a different way. Like, it's interesting to see, like, it's still kind of there, but a handle. What are you, very what are you talking about right now? Yeah, what are you, I'm what just saying, <laughs> if my brother shut my mouth and I couldn't open it, 
I would be freaking out like Tyler is. And then when he can open it, everybody's cool. But like my brother, we would be, you know, like straight up fighting each other after that. Huh? Oh, okay. So you're saying that if Kinsey was a boy, Tyler would have kicked the shit out of him. Right. But I'm also just okay, saying that's that a like, really interesting take. <laughs> no, no. I'm just saying that like, it's interesting to see the way that they fight and like the different dynamics sure. between brother and sister, between brother and brother, you know, like uh, also it's surprising. Like Bodhi was very happy to hand over the keys that he's been carrying this burden around by himself. And he's very relieved. Like, Oh, thank God I've got people to help me carry this. Um, but I feel like, he's the only one who's been responsible enough to kind of do that. So it was a little bit upsetting for me to see him kind of like give over that power. I think it's pretty crazy. They let him have so the keys. I mean, he's a kid and he has the mirror key, which was like a straight up evil dimension key. Yeah. That's a weird uh, one to be wh- like, yeah, you keep this one, this one we don't like. <laughs> yeah. it. Well, uh, part of it at least is Tyler, as we know from the comic books, Tyler seems to, particularly in this episode, trying to be making himself grow up very quickly, be the one in charge, be the new man of the house, which we haven't really seen him do yet in this series. And he doesn't do it very well. He's just making yeah. rules, but he doesn't have anything to back them up. Well, and Bodhi is still, throughout this whole episode, the one who only one who knows what's happening. And the only, he's making the most mature, responsible choices this entire time. Yeah, uh, I also think it's also interesting t- the line they, these aren't toys; they're weapons. I actually think that's wrong. I think they are toys. They're like high stakes toys. Well, and- the thing that I wrote down after that, which I think gets to the point of what you're saying, is Bodhi says, "Can't they be both?" And yeah. I think that's right. Like they are. Yes, they are toys. They're also weapons. It depends on how you use them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so cool. At that point, uh, Nina, we get a little bit of what's going on with her. She is very distracted, doesn't understand what happened with the stove last episode. Uh, we know, of course, that the well lady used the matchstick key to make it explode. But Nina still mm-hmm. doesn't understand the magic of the house. Adults can't see it. And so she's having a lot of trouble here. Uh, nobody eats breakfast. Very bad idea. Breakfast. Most well, important no, meal no, no. Of the they day. had some toast. They just grabbed toast some toast. Barely toast. They just ran off. Wow. Yeah, but it That's was big clue. Well, I mean, it was kind of heartbreaking in the way they kept just kept taking their mom's food, you know. Uh, I, but I, I, I'm sorry. I oh, did no, want to no, talk. All about- I was going to say was that at least it's a little more realistic than most TV shows, where it's like, oh, I just very casually made enough food to feed a small army in this house. Yeah, and everybody's like, no thanks, just some toast. Don't need that massive bowl of strawberries over there for no reason. And they're like, okay, going to throw out this food, I guess. What are you talking? I make a full suite of Belgian waffles every morning for uh, my, oh. me and my family. Well, oh, you run man. a bed and breakfast, right? Yes, only for my children. <laughs> <laughs> that is glorious, man. Belgian waffles. I'm losing money. Losing money in this bed and breakfast. Uh, I did want to say, though, that the, when Bodie had to pick his nose, that was pretty funny and well done. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they cut away from that. I was glad but we. He didn't get his finger in. Right, they stopped. Yeah, but it. it was fun. That's the extended cut. Yeah, <laughs> you got to pay for premium Netflix to see the extended cut where Bodhi actually picks his nose. Uh, Tyler also is not going back to hockey. He's going to be helping out with the Jackie out with the five K for cancer research. I think is the benefit. Yeah, 
Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, Then we cut over to Kinsey. She is getting the screening of the splattering as we talked about. Super fun, super silly little film. I think Scott's a little too hard on himself, to be honest. Well, and honestly, like the moment where Kinsey looks off when she's covered in blood and she's like reliving the trauma of her father dying. That's a great moment in the film. Yeah, it's a great acting choice. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. And Scott Uh, was like, no, you were great. I think maybe he was talking about the fact that it looks so fake, uh, you know, with that doll there before the head gets paid. We're in high school, man. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think they, uh, the blood machine was the real star. And it, that reminds me, I actually built a, have I told this story before? A puke machine. Oh, in, in we actually similar... don't have time for that. We got to move on with the next uh, okay, plot well, point. Just, uh, we'll get back the, to it later. The schematics we'll to... of the uh, puke don't machine. Don't worry about it. Well, so, I'll hey, to uh, my... Eden Justin... walks up. Eden walks up. And wait, wait, Justin, rip. real quick. Like, how does that feel, man? How does that feel to be that guy now? What are you talking about? No, we, I, I, I trust my co-host, I'm Alex, sorry, that we, we don't, don't have, have time, time to talk about We don't have time, time to talk about it, Pete. We have yeah, to we have just time, take Pete. that sorry. in. I'm just saying it's nice from this end. Sorry. No, Pete, we really just don't have time to talk about not having time. Uh, so okay. Eden rips into Scott, calls him mediocre. She's the mean girl. Setting her up for what happens to her later. We'll talk about whether that's deserved or not. Uh, but then we go over to Tyler, Logan, and Jackie folding shirts. Tyler and Logan get a moment alone. Tyler wants some alone time with Jackie later. And yes. Logan loves it. I yeah. think he loves it. Logan, and it was interesting because for a minute I thought like, oh, does Logan secretly like Jackie? But then he's like, right. no, I, I like anybody. Yeah. I but, really, I know we've talked a lot about Logan and how great he is, but I really like how this scene was played because I yeah. feel like a very typical way to go would be Logan is the best friend, but he's secretly in love with Jackie. He's jealous. They come to blows. But to what you just said, Justin, he's like, no, nah, it's cool. And it, the implication is, yeah, he probably liked her at some point, but he understands she likes Tyler and he just wants them to be happy. Yeah, it's yeah. really nice. I also think, I mean, that goes to the larger uh, thing about this show. I think it does a great job of, subverting the expectations or the cliches with all the characters. Like, Pete, you were talking about the relationship between uh, the the siblings, and I think that's true of everybody. It's, like, unique, interesting, and changes a lot. Like, Kinsey and Tyler fight a lot, but they also know they need each other. And it, it's just very smartly done across the board. Also, the uh, the fact that he was just, like, letting them know that, like, hey, this is a big deal, man. Don't blow this. Like, that was also cool, like, letting his friend know that, like, man, this isn't some kind of, like, this is the real deal, so you should be cool. Yeah, the only things that he has chosen are, she has chosen are Sandytown and you. That's it. Those yeah. are the two yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, so then we get a big scene in the episode. Uh, Kinsey... Wants to fight back with the keys against Eden. She's pissed about what she did to Scott. So, oh, we should very briefly mention that Tyler gets pissed because he finds out that Kinsey brought the music box yeah, with her yeah. to school, which is a very heavy item to have in your school bag. I just want to say. And obtuse. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be yes. jutting into your back. Yeah, but also, like, I thought she was right when she was like, oh, you said keep it close. Like, I was like, okay. All right. yeah, but you know she's taking yeah. advantage of it. Like, that's yeah. a bad... Well, we didn't find that out till later. But I also really liked the moment where we had where uh, Eden was being, like, a mean girl. And then, like, 
you know, Kinsey like gets up to do something about it, and then Scott's like, "Whoa, ho, ho, it's fine," you know, and they yeah. kind of have this discussion about like dealing with bullies and you know people in school. So I, I kind of I really like the relationship. Well, well and then Kinsey takes yeah. it straight to Eden. She uses the music box key to control Eden. First, make her fall on her face. Eden pushes past it and says, "Physical comedy." Um, it was great. The bow. Sh- she does bowed. Bow. Everybody loves it. Yeah, uh, way to own it. And Gabe comes up, who's another member of the Savini squad, uh, finds out about the music box key. Again, Kinsey being very free. Reckless. With the keys. Oh. Uh, and we get the sequence where they proceed to manipulate Eden. She's dancing on the table. She's pouring sauces on herself. Sauces. Making out with sauces. Multiple yeah. sauces. So yeah, many sauces was... at this high school. They're going to call her uh, ranch dressing and... girl. Well, now, let me just finish up the scene, and then okay. we'll talk about it. Uh, and so Scott, at a certain point, starts to feel it's too much. They've made their point. they got to shut it down. Uh, Kinsey's like, no, i got to keep going. Gabe also wants to keep going. And Scott is like, you know what? That's it. I'm out of here. Uh, and, of course, people are filming it and trying to embarrass Eden later. So, Pete, what did you want to say? Well, first off, I want to say that, like, the actress did such an amazing job. Like, even though we all know what's coming, like her face was so great. It really made it awesome to watch all the way through. Halea Jones, who plays Eden, right? Yep. And like, uh, it was just that when she's poor, like reaching that ranch dressing or whatever into the air, it was such a fun, like, Oh shit. Kind of great moment. I thought, I was just really, really well done. I also think it was really helped by the sound design in this sequence because there was a tone or a note or something that was played every time she made a movement and was puppeteered and forced to do something. And her acting was great. That just sort of emphasized it and made the whole thing a lot crisper, which I think was good. And I love the way they uh, sort of continued this scene or the way they left it off where Scott's like, being a genuine nice guy is like, hey, I'm out of here. I think you guys should stop, but do whatever you want. Then we cut away, and then a couple scenes later, Jackie sees on her phone that they continued the horrible embarrassment of Eden and made her give a lap dance to the, uh, the a statue. And the way that it was just such a nice way of pivoting and having it be on the other side of it, and you really start to feel even uh, worse for Eden uh, the way they did it. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, just to check, we're all Team Scott in this scenario versus Team Gabe, right? Gabe oh, seems yeah. like a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. So, uh, so yeah, as you mentioned, um, Scott thinks it's too much. He's leaving. Uh, Nina briefly talks to Joe, uh, finds out that Tyler is doing the fundraiser, and then gets a call because Bodie has taken a sledgehammer to school. A blacksmith like hammer. A Not a boss. sledgehammer. <laughs> Wait, what is it? What kind a of blacksmith hammer? Blacksmith hammer. Blacksmith yeah, blacksmith hammer. hammer. A sledgehammer, a child carrying a, like a, <laughs> that would be taller than him. Sorry, this isn't Riverdale where they carry sledgehammers everywhere. My bad. I'm glad Bodie is really taking the well lady seriously. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't want to get caught when he's not prepared. And I love that. Yep. Uh, so yeah, but this is, uh, Bodhi gets taken home from school. Uh, Tyler is then using a magic eight ball app on his phone, uh, which is when 
they watch the video of Eden making out with the statue. Uh, one quick thing before um, the way they the scene with um, with Nina picking up Bodhi from school is shot is so well done. It's all VO, and you just see Bodhi being super upset, wanting to tell his mama everything that's happening, but he's scared to tell her. He can't tell her, and you just you hear the dialogue of Nina being worried at the same time seeing Bodhi worried. It's just such a well-made sequence. Really? Yeah, yeah it really. It really is great. It's, it's she's, it's kind of like this slow motion badass walk where she has this hammer and we get to kind of catch up to all that's happened. It's such a creative, great way. And what's nice is we're talking about the comic book. The comic book went out of its way to portray things in a beautiful, powerful way. And like, that scene was a perfect example of, uh, of like taking an idea from a comic book and doing a good job with it, transitioning it to a television show. And didn't yeah. uh, also Nina use a hammer on Sam Lesser? That's right. So th- I think that also had a little resonance here. Like, mm-hmm. it's just really smart using all of the information that they've laid out for the show. Now, another on that Magic Eight Ball. Did you guys ever use a Magic Eight Ball to help with your decision making in your life? Uh, no. Um, I've never made a decision, so probably not. True. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Can't even make a decision about whether or not you've made decisions. Can't decide. Pete, what game of chance do you use to make your big choices? I, I don't. I don't uh, like flip a coin or do anything like that. But you anyway, just think it through. I think I through. Does that sound like me? That's what I'm saying. It uh, seems odd. I feel like you would be someone who has like. Well, let's see. Uh, this quarter lands on its side, then I'm gonna do, do you this. Do thing. do you do eeny meeny miny mo? No. Catch a tiger by the toe. If he hollers, let him go. My mother said to pick this one. You do like no. a, a mash. Uh, why yeah. are you? Why are you still going with this? Stop. <laughs> We're just trying to get to the bottom of some of your decisions. Yeah, yeah I think about it and then uh, make a decision. Okay. Okay, seems weird to me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, they see Nina gets home, and another great, very quick but tense sequence. She is in the, I was about to say lobby front stairwell. I don't foyer, know. Foyer, Alex. Foyer. The foyer. The foyer. Here's a weird noise from the basement. Runs, locks the door, terrified. But it turns out it's just Ellie. She was going picking, to the ping pong room, going to the ping pong room. We know oh, that, yeah. but Nina doesn't know that. She says she was just picking up Rufus's action figure and she notices Rufus there's a scar on her chest and Ellie says she falls off a bike. And this, the way they order these scenes is so fascinating to me because even the second time through watching this. I was like, what a weird thing for Nina to focus on a scar on somebody's chest. People can get scars a million ways. And it isn't until much later in the episode that you find out the reason is that Rendell had the exact same scar. Right. But we knew what it was when we saw it. So it's great that like, like we're okay, but then she, we find out what she knows. Yeah. It was really well done. Yeah. And uh, what I were saying, that's the, where the matchstick key goes. I guess so, which is crazy to think that they jammed the matchstick key into each other's chest just for fun. Well, that's why I'm saying there must be some deeper meaning there and uh, why Mark maybe didn't kill himself at the beginning of this series. Maybe it's something else. Yeah. I don't know. I I think he exploded. I know you Mm, keep saying that, but why would they have like a 
unless it's like a group kill switch where right. uh, you just, I mean, that to me is a very intense thing for children to decide to do. Yeah. Whatever it is, it also is very clearly a keyhole scar on That's their chest. Yeah, uh, but it wasn't like they didn't jam the whole thing in for like the self-destruct mode that Mark did. They mm. probably put in a little bit just to kind of see what it does. Right. Well, well it's I'm, like how we burn the words lock and key unlocked onto our chests. Yes. Yeah. So we could all match. And again, I want to right. say I think we used a much too, the font we chose was way too large. Did not need to be. It could have been much, much smaller. I said impact is the way to go, buddy. Gotta go it definitely impact. made an impact on me. You and wanted Ariel Narrow, and I was like, no way. I wanted Webdings. Let's have some fun. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm running my so will we in Webdings. Then we get a scene of Gabe and Kinsey walking through the woods. He quizzes her on the keys a little bit. Uh, he thinks it's amazing that Eden has 7,000 views on her video, and I was like... Come on, it's not that viral. Let's not get crazy. Wow. Wow. Slam. I mean, it's a Come nice on, amount of dude. views. For for their, you know, maybe they've never done anything that big, so let them have it. Alex, have for an fun. Insta story, it's pretty good. Oh, yeah. okay. That's true. That's this true. isn't it a is YouTube banger. Story. Yes. What did they hashtag that thing? That's what I want to know. Um, I believe Kinsey hashtagged it. I have magic keys. Anybody have any questions <laughs> about these magic keys? Yeah. Uh, we also find out a couple more details about Gabe. His parents got divorced. They moved from Philly. Pete, you like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah making like some Philly. room in Philly. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and then uh, when she finally gets home, Tyler and Kinsey talk. He wants the keys back, but Kinsey just shuts him down. She doesn't care about the well lady. She doesn't care about anything and yeah. Tyler is so pissed, he storms off just as Duncan enters. I was like, ah, kids. Doesn't even on. say hi to his Uncle Dunk. I know, Uncle Dunk. I, I did like the way like he stormed off as Duncan was coming in. That was some that was some nice stuff. I also think it's interesting the way they play the um the tie, the lock kids. They they fight so much they've they're splitting apart before they've ever really gotten on board with each other. We haven't seen yeah. them really come together to do anything. They're always begrudgingly yeah. with each other. And I, I think at the end they'll come together. No. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Yeah. I believe it. They'll Bodhi's never come gonna, together um, and the well lady is going to win. Yeah. But, you know, you're constantly yeah. fighting with your siblings, man. Not me. Yeah, I, you know, it occurs to me. I mean, this is just to throw it out there, but if they were all boys, they'd be beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> think about it. The ever-loving shit. I don't I don't have to think about it. It's that. a different dynamic. I have a, a brother who's 2 years younger than me and we never got into fights. Are you serious? Fights. Yeah, you know my brother. Yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah. yeah. I have a brother fantastic. who's four years younger than me, and I think I can think of, like, one time we fought. That was it. Are you serious? Yeah. Me and my brother once got thrown out of Thanksgiving for fighting. <laughs> Where did you get thrown <laughs> out of? Oh, man. It's so hard to get tickets to that, too. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Not, not everybody grew up like that? That's just me? That's weird. Uh, yeah, I guess so. What, is your brother, like, a real monster? Uh, we were both monsters. Interesting. It is kind of amazing that you think having a girl there is the one thing that keeps that family from devolving into chaos. Yep. But I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll use a gender key later on and switch things along, and then 
Just an all-out all brawl. All bets are off. All-out brawl. Uh, so back to the show. Duncan, presumably after stopping for a quick break at the best bathroom of the house, heads over to talk to <laughs> Bodie. Uh, Bodie is making some drawings. He's making <laughs> You like that one, Pete? Got him. Uh, he's making a map of the house. Uh, and interesting thing here, which we get a reveal of very quickly later on, uh, but Bodie asked Duncan about Chamberlain Locke, the ghost of which he met a couple of episodes back. Duncan doesn't remember anything. And at this point, it's not 100% clear whether Duncan is playing coy or not, but it's clear no. later on that he doesn't actually have these memories. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's There's nothing there. Yeah. Um, and what's great is the way Bodie handles that. You know, Bodie's like ready for it. And so he handles it really well. But also great reveal that Bodie went back. I was worried he would never visit that ghost again because mm-hmm. he promised. So I'm so glad that he did that. Bodie is a it's a great kid. Good kid. Uh, I love how tactical he is mapping the house. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that was great. This guy is he's got his he's got his shit together. Meticulous. Yeah. Uh, now, interesting thing, I think, with Nina she has been relying on Ellie. She, Ellie is the one person she knows in town. She's been talking to her. Ellie clearly has something going on. So now more than ever, she's relying on Joe Ridgeway, heads to yeah. his home and checks with him about Rendell having the same scar as Ellie. She's worried that one or both of them are lying. Clearly seems very shaken. Uh, reveals that Sam said something about key house and keys. Uh, And again, Joe Ridgway has a great line in this episode where he says, it's okay to lose yourself in this as long as you find yourself again. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's okay to lose yourself in the moment. No, never let you go. That's my favorite Oscar uh, performance. I believe Eminem won an Oscar for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, You've never sounded more old. Uh, I would just like to say, though, that like kudos to Nina for holding it together a little bit because like. If I'm kind of spiraling a little bit, spiraling and being like, there's a conspiracy going on. People are lying to me. I would have expected her to snap a little bit at Joe and be like, what the fuck do you know that you're not telling me? You know, she's still being pretty mature about it. And like, even though she's dying to know information is kind of playing it cool, which I'm impressed with. Well, I think for as much as this is stressing her out, it's also um, providing her a new uh, way to connect to Rendell uh, after his death. It's like trying to figure out what this is and being suspicious of him on one hand, but like just getting closer to him on on the other hand because of she's learning about his childhood. Yeah. Uh, So then uh, we do find out that Eden... Said it was just performance art. She Wait, one of the th- one of the oh, thing yeah. there. Um, we learned Joe Ridgway mentions Callie, uh, his wife, mm-hmm. who we were talking about uh, on a couple of podcasts ago about wanting to see the scene from the comic. Feels like we're not going to get that scene because of what happens. Oh. But I thought it was interesting. It's a totally different thing. She dies of cancer in this, in mm-hmm. this series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is a real bummer that we don't get to see that issue. If you haven't read the comic book, go back. It's the check first, it out. Check it out. Well, check out the whole thing, but it's the first issue of Head Games, right? That Correct. volume, I believe. Yep. Uh, and it's almost like a standalone issue. It's absolutely beautiful, stunning, uh, powerful, gut-wrenching to read. Um, it's a different Joe Ridgeway than the TV show, but 
still absolutely fantastic. Uh, so Eden says his performance art, Jackie and Tyler are folding shirts. So many shirts to fold Ugh. for this 5K. Yeah. There's an overwhelming amount of shirts. Nobody and, thinks about all the shirt folding that needs to go into a race. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The shirts come unfolded. you got to fold them. Uh, and then they kiss. They kiss. Yeah, they Very do. romantic. The, really, well, the whole, their relationship is strong. Yes. Uh, do they have a ship name? Jyler? Jyler. Ta- tacky. Tacky. There you go. There you go. Tacky. Yeah. That's the worst thing I can think of. But what was nice was they kind of had this moment on the couch before, but when they were just uh, before they watched the video of Eden, and she was like, sometimes if you want something, you got to go for it. And they had, there was this little beat where it was almost like Jackie was like, I'm talking about you kissing me, Tyler. And I'm glad that like in the next scene together when they're folding shirts, they kind of have a little beat. And he does. He kisses her. And I thought that was uh, very sweet. When we- you said... Uh, I'm talking about you kissing me, Tyler. Were you talking about it in the show, or were you saying that to Justin? Because I couldn't, I couldn't quite tell. Yeah, I'm about in the show. Okay. I'm always talking about the show. Uh, oh, wait, you can't see it on the audio podcast, but I'm winking right now because I get what you're laying down. And I actually have another question about the scene, Pete. Uh, for you, do you think if Jackie was a, a man, they would beat the <laughs> shit out of each other? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Men always be fighting. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Be like you, that's not how you fold the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, let's move on. Uh, actually, not fighting. Uh, never mind. I was going to talk about a cute celeb gossip thing, but we'll just move on from that. Oh, yeah. Alex, I'd no, love I'll throw it out Connor yeah. Jessup. No, no, this no. came out today while we're taping this, but Connor Jessup, what? who's playing Tyler, is dating Miles Heiser, who was on Parenthood. And uh, 13 Reasons Why, very cute couple. Very happy for them. Love They're cool. not fighting, as far as I know. Great. Alex, Great. you little gossip hound. I know. Really? No. Spread the word. We have time for that. We have time for that, but we can't hear a you know, puke machine story. Uh, no, no, that's no, gossip. we got to move right on. Yeah. Uh, unless we're gossiping about the puke machine, we can talk about it then. <laughs> I uh, heard. So... Moving on to another ship, a little relationship stuff going on. Kinsey is trying to text Scott. He's just not answering. Gabe does yep. with a little bitmoji action going on there. Um, mm. but I was worried she was going to text him back. Before she could text Gabe back, Scott is outside. He does the old rock on the window trick. His phone oh, is dead. Pebble, That's why I didn't text against. her back. Uh, and he wants to come inside. He wants to plug in the phone. He drops a piece of information that we don't follow up on here, but he says, I want to make my movie better by using the keys. Yeah. Which is interesting. This is a turn for Scott, I think. Yes, he's on board. And I would be very curious if they had a reshoot uh, key or a uh, (laughs) let's hire an editor key. A Spielberg key. Yeah, we're going to just yell at the screen and be like, be better. (laughs) That's That's how I edit movies. works. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought it was nice the way he was uh, trying to be romantic and the way he was like, I don't want to use the front door. I've always wanted to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Scott's adorable. He is very adorable. I really like Scott a lot in this version. Skinzy. Skinzy yeah. is strong. Skinzy. Skinzy is stronger than tacky. Yeah. I, I mean... I don't know. I feel like Skinzy could end in friendship much more than Tacky could end in. Uh, tacky feels mm-hmm. like it's p- 
passionate, all or none romance. Skinzy, you know, you never know. Yeah. Uh, do you prefer Cabe? No, I don't like G- Gabe. Ginzy? No, you don't like that. Uh, oh, well, uh, Scott also drops an important piece of information here. We've been talking about the drowning caves. He explains that a bunch of Rendell's friends drowned in the caves based on the picture of them that he saw, still layering in that information there. Uh, and then they kiss. Uh, and then we get some harrowing scenes for Nina. Some other stuff happens in the middle, uh, but I think we can go through this part. So Nina yeah. goes to the Whedon house. Rufus is there. He says, is your mother? Oh, she yeah. says, is your mother home? And he says, well, I can't share that usually, but you're a friend. So I can tell you she isn't. Uh, she asks if he got the action figure. And he says, no, all my men are present and accounted for. At which point Nina realizes, yeah, Ellie is up to something and it is something yeah. no good. Uh, really at which well point. Joe leaves a panicked message for Nina, says, I saw something. It seems impossible, but you got to come over here right away. And by the time she gets there, she discovers that Joe is in his house. He is dead. A plastic bag over his head. She immediately calls 911, which I think is great. Like, that's actually a surprisingly rare move, I feel like, for these sort of shows. Uh, where usually they wait to call 911, but she calls it immediately, says the address, uh, and goes to search, and we get this last shot with her up on the balcony, and Ellie is the person there hiding below the balcony. And to me, I took this as a little bit of an Easter egg to that classic shot of Dodge hiding on the staircase below Nina and Tyler as they're up on the staircase. It was the same sort of thing to me. Uh, But great terrifying bad news for everybody right here at the end of the episode. Really great stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think it was one of those things where maybe Joe saw like the results of like the anywhere key, like someone opened a door and he saw into another place that wasn't his backyard or something was completely blown away by it, not realizing someone was sneaking up behind him to murder him. And I think that Ellie is being controlled by the wall lady. Mm. Interesting. Do you have a theory, Justin? Um, again, since most people binge through this show, it's very foolish to offer theories when we know <laughs> that everyone probably knows what's happening. But um, my thought was that, uh, yeah, Ellie killed Joe to protect uh, the relationship with, um, to get closer to figuring out what's going on with, uh, well, lady, yeah, I don't want to ruin much, but I will say we find out next episode. Joe was into autoerotic asphyxiation. Nothing, nothing to see. And there. he just died. He died yeah. all by himself. And it had nothing. He was like, you got to see this. This is amazing. <laughs> I can choke myself out. I got to show you something. I, I could choke myself out. It comes so hard. Wow. Wow. Uh, I did appreciate uh, whoever uh, let the address happened. Uh, I thought I did appreciate that. I thought that was pretty cool. Wait, what? what? Let the address happen? Yeah, the address had 420 in it. Oh. <laughs> okay. Tight. Uh, last thing we should talk about, big stuff happens with Tyler and Kinsey. Tyler is avoiding Kinsey. Uh, she explains about the three friends of Rendell's drowning. They hear whispering again, and I love Tyler's reaction here. He's like, oh, not this fucking whispering again. Just, no, yeah. let's leave it. I don't want to do this. Not right now. But Kinsey 
basically she is feeling at this point, and it's a very quick turn for her. I feel like part of what happened with her with taking the fear out of her head is it makes her emotions turn very quickly. So she makes this decision. She goes from a place of, I don't want to do anything to Tyler to this is our father's legacy. This is maybe the thing he left for us. We need to follow this wherever this goes. Yeah. It makes her more impulsive. I think fear is a check on uh, Mm -hmm. people and she's given it up. So she's like, let's do this. This feels good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so they go out to the graveyard. Uh, she finds the key. It's in an urn by the grave. She smashes it. Oh, man. Uh, now, here's an interesting note about this, which I found out through interviews, actually, which I don't think is totally clear on the show. This is actually a key from the comic books called the plant key that you see in one panel in the February issue. Yes. Where there's just a bunch of plants throwing them everywhere. Yeah. And the way it works is that it, controls plants like that's the idea of the key though as we find out there's a bunch of jars and they seem to be Duncan's memories in jars have been hidden by the tree it's not a memory tree key that's just they controlled this tree to hide the memories is the so you can works. plant memories in the tree is what you're saying well no, so it, that's what I definitely think that's the here, opposite of what he's saying yeah what, what they did here which is interesting is I think they took like two different ideas, right? So you have this plant key that could control plants. They also, a new idea that they introduced at the end of the Fox pilot is a memory tree because at the end of the Fox pilot, and this is a spoiler for the Fox pilot, uh, but the final shot of the Fox pilot is Nina is outside. They've beaten Sam Lesser and set up, you know, they've basically gone through like the first volume of the book. Uh, and Nina was like, huh, there's something familiar about this house. I don't know what it is. And the camera zooms into a tree, a large oak tree near the house. And you see down in the oak tree past this keyhole, there's a ton of jars. And in one of the jars is Nina, but small and screaming and trying to be let out. And, wow. At the time, Joe was like, oh, man, this is something they came up with through this script for the Fox pilot. This was such a brilliant idea. I love this idea of this memory tree. We got to use it at some point later. So I think essentially what they did was they took this plant key, which controlled plants, and they jammed it with the memory tree from the Fox pilot and came up with this new idea. So just to explain cool. it once again for Pete, the memory jars, the way that I would presume, was these were memories that were taken out of Duncan's head with the head key. We don't know how or why yet. Oh, so it's a combination of head key and then... Exactly. So they took out the jars, then controlling the plant, they made it so that the oak tree can hide these jars. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, my my theory was way more complicated. That makes more sense. Yeah, so that's how it works. Uh, And I don't think that's readily apparent at all when you're watching the show, Uh, but that's kind of what's going on there. Uh, And then they find out, they're like, whose memories would be in paint jars? They very quickly realize they're Duncan's memories, and they see a memory of Rendell killing Lucas. Yeah. And it shakes them to their very core because they're like, that's why our dad never wanted to go back to this house because he murdered his best friend here. Yeah. And that's where they're left in the episode. Yeah. But it's also one of those things where it's like, guys, come on, don't you're running around the world with magical keys and memory jars and you can open up heads. Don't just be like my dad's murderer. Like, come on. I don't know. I mean, 
they they've been trying desperately to figure out why he doesn't want to come back to this town and if he's running away from a murder he committed that yeah. makes a lot of sense yes yeah but it's a magical key world don't just take things at face value like that well, they say that, but they're seeing it at the same time. So yeah. clearly it's something they're going to have to struggle with. If you saw, if you happen to see it in a jar, like your, I don't know, brother murder someone, like wouldn't you want right. to figure out what's going on? Or I guess maybe you'd be yeah, like, I, that's totally normal because that's we're brothers. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't question him. I would just be like, hey, man, what, what really kind of like went down? Yeah. I wouldn't just assume he was a murderer just because I saw him murder somebody. Fair enough. Well, I'm glad you're not a detective. <laughs> I yeah. think it is time to unlock our key moment for the episode. Well, what, so, one last thing that we see oh, here yeah. in the memories, we see the face key. Or that's what I'm calling it, uh, where uh, you can change your face. I thought that was a nice yeah. little uh, tee up for something I'm assuming we'll see later. Yeah. Also, we see the dad flying, which is cool. Yeah. That is pretty cool. I love seeing dads fly. Uh, let's mm-hmm. unlock our key moments here. Justin, you want to go first? Uh, yes. Key moment for this episode. Um, I, I'm going to put it back on Bodhi uh, being the, uh, the, the, smartest, the smartest one in the room. His uh, questioning of Duncan, um, I thought, was really smart and really just like he knows everything about everything and is the most likely to succeed at uh, putting together the clues of this mystery. What about you, Pete? I'm going to say the key moment was Nina seeing the scar on uh, Ellie and realizing, okay, shit's going down. I've got to be more on my toes. Like, you know, just because the mom who is unaware is not, I I want her to get her in this fight. And uh, I'm glad, like, she's now suspicious and digging stuff up instead of just kind of, like, going about and thinking things aren't going wrong. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say actually Scott walking away from the music box key, because I think that ties into what was the theme of this episode, the whole, are the keys weapons or toys and him making the choice to say, you know what, these are magic keys, but this is too much. We have to, you know, with great power, great responsibility, et cetera, but we got to follow oh, wow. that. That's deep. Zalman. Well, yeah. and I think, yeah, I just came off of that uh, off the top wow. of my head. Wow. And, uh, I think him walking away really starts to teach at least Kinsey that lesson a little bit, though it takes her a while to come around to it. And it's something ultimately that they're going to have to learn is, we can't just play around with these and have fun and tell everybody about them. We need to figure out actual rules and it's more complicated than Tyler saying, you get this one, never use them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. If you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 PM at the people's improv theater loft in New York. Come on down. What did you say, Pete? I said, we sure do. We sure do. Uh, come on down. We will chat with you about Lock and Key. Socially, Lock and Key Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Follow us there. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, app of your choice to listen to the podcast and subscribe. Please do comment on iTunes in particular. That helps us out quite a bit. Comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. And remember, we are up all night to get Locky. No, oh, wow. <laughs>